man, today's topic, we're going to be talking about, you know, ransom theory, going to be talking about penal substitution. We're going to be talking about C.S. Lewis. We're all so excited. So without further ado, let's talk about it. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so has anybody ever seen uh, Shank Shaw Redemption? I thought it was Shawshank. Shawshank Redemption. Thank you. For Shank Shaw. Shank 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 Shank. <laughs> I haven't seen it, man. I've never no, seen it. I haven't either. Yes. Um, so apparently, I mean, I haven't seen it as well. But Marcus, when <laughs> so you let's were, talk about it. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Marcus, when you were on um, on the stage talking about your sermon and when you said redemption, automatically my mind just went to, you know, Shawshank. Yeah. And I've never watched the movie, but it kind of made me uh, definitely do history of it. And like, hey, just want to give a disclaimer. It is rated R. Um, it does have graphic and a lot of profanity in there. And so I probably wouldn't watch it now just with my convictions, you know, but I was able to still watch the movie review, movie review kind of like read about it. But anyway, it's about a guy named Andy who's innocent. He is convicted of a crime. Um, he goes to jail and there he meets Red and some other few characters basically saying like the, the, the prison is very like corrupted and it takes away the individuality of the people. Andy comes in and he kind of redeems uh, the prison. And so mm-hmm. he kind of teaches them how to read. He gives them a library. He plays music in the courtyard and stuff like that. But anyway, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, he escapes from prison. And he basically uses his what he did in the prison because he became corrupted in the prison. He became a criminal in prison. Uh, basically because the ward was kind of like using him to do some couple of things that he shouldn't do in order for the prison to to succeed anyway. Anyway, afterwards, he uses that information to go against the prison, and like it basically self-implodes on itself. So in that, he redeems himself. Like it's it's a movie about redemption um, and how everybody is redeemed within the movie and even like the prison but it just shows that, like, at the end of the movie, that he redeems himself. Mm. He redeems the prison. He redeems his friend. But I think, in reality, we can't really redeem ourselves right. as humanity. Right. So, um, and I think that just proves that uh, just reading Ephesians and then harking on what you said just about redemption. So, give us a recap of your, uh, of your sermon. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. So, Ephesians 1, 7 through 10 in Jesus, we have redemption. In him, we have forgiveness of our trespasses. And in him, we, we learn God makes known to us his plan uh, for the consummation of time. That's the quickest recap. <laughs> in the history of recaps. Yeah. In the it. history of recaps. Yeah, so what made you want to, like, emphasize redemption? Um, redemption... Paul is talking about the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ, um, and, and he prefaces it with in him, in him, in him, mm-hmm. in him, in Christ. And we see it all throughout um, the first chapter here, and really I think I wrote a note. I see it um, 11 out of 14, 11 times in 14 verses. Um, so in Christ, we have redemption, the thing that you just said that we can't do ourselves. We can't redeem ourselves yeah. before a holy and, and righteous God. 
Um, so in Christ we have that, and it's through his blood. So as I read that, you know, it, it's such a great price, such a great sacrifice for a people who could never earn it and don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, why, um, that's why redemption stood out to me. Mm. Yep. Yeah, so do you think um, that we have a biblical understanding of redemption, like us as people um, in our congregation as a whole? I, yeah, I think, I think we have a good idea of what it is, and I think it's the difference between um, intelligence and wisdom. And I say this all the time, so sorry if you've heard it before. Um, but knowledge or intelligence is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Mm-hmm. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. So mm-hmm. I think we understand intelligently what um, redemption is and that it's through his blood. But it, I think if we, if we really got it, like the implications of that, it would right. cause us to live a completely different life. And, and I think there's a lot of people here to give um, our congregation here a lot of credit. I think we're, we're on the move. Like we're getting that more and more every day. Um, and there are people who are pursuing Christ um, fervently and making disciples yeah for sure for sure uh i love the the definition that you used for redemption is kind of just like a marketplace term to buy or to buy back whether a purchase or like a uh or a ransom right mm-hmm. and later use further going on it it conveyed the ideal of deliverance from a state of bondage and captivity yeah. by the payment of price and so what i think about that is I think about the story of Ruth yeah. when it comes to the kinsman redeemer, yeah. you know, and how Boaz redeemed her back. And then I also think of Hosea as like a husband oh, man. purchasing his prostitute yep. wife yep. and like just just getting her back. Uh, and so with this type of redemption mindset, it's kind of like if we take this metaphor and we bring it to the crucifixion, crucifixion of christ is kind of like hey what what's the price well right. it's jesus right okay well who acquired the ransom okay well it's god but if we continue to go on to that go on with that point then i think we get into like the race the ransom theory which says like okay well who did god pay right and and it's basically saying that well god paid satan to in order for him to receive us and to redeem mm-hmm. humanity he had to pay somebody which you said in your you said in, in the sermon of just like hey god didn't buy us back from satan yeah. so what led you to say that well that's that it's that misunderstanding that we hear a lot it's this dualism where god and satan are playing equal parts and we know that that's not true, mm-hmm. that God is the creator, sustainer, the author of all things, right? He's, he's above all, and um, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And Satan is just allowed for a time yeah. to operate, um, but he has no authority to convict, to condemn, um, or to judge anyone. So when we, that's where the slavery um, mm-hmm. example falls short, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> because God's not paying uh, Satan for our freedom, for our redemption. Um, He's not paying anybody except himself. Right, right. And Jared, man, my question would be for you is like, have you, in all your time of ministry, have you ever Mm -hmm. heard of like 
this ransom theory yeah out there yeah for i mean it i totally agree especially in this current um climate that we're in i feel like this dualism that marcus described where good is over here Mm -hmm. and evil is over here and everybody who's a part of that political party or this political party you know and it's we see this divide growing wider and wider and it's it's rampant in the church as well which is not exactly Mm -hmm. what he's describing but i think it's a product of what he's describing when we put the devil on one side and jesus on the other i was reading in hebrews 2 and this is kind of where some confusion comes from i think with this um ransom theory hebrews 2 14 since therefore the children share in flesh and blood jesus himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. And a lot of times people can twist that text to mean that God was delivering us and ransoming us from the devil himself. Mm. Yes, God was, through Jesus, um, annihilating yeah. death and right the devil and removing his authority, power, dominion, whatever, mm-hmm. from the equation so that we could be purchased and, and redeemed. But the the purchase, the price that was paid, as Marcus talked about, the price that was demanded was because of the sin that yeah. we had committed from our forefathers and us as well. And, so, and it, it continues on in, in Hebrews 2. It says, for surely it is not angels that Jesus helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in Mm. every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. And it's this, it's this substitutionary atonement that we see here where, where it had to be Jesus. It had to be the spotless lamb, the lamb of God, God in flesh yeah. to bear the weight that we deserved and we owed in order to make just penalty. Um, it, it may be fanciful and it may make for a prettier movie mm-hmm. for Jesus to come back and ransom us from the enemy. Yeah. But it's like we actually were the enemy. Right. right. The scripture says we're enemies right. of right. God. Right. Apart from Jesus. Right. right. And so uh, we can't be our own hero of our own story like Mm-hmm. Shank, Sh- Shawshank, <laughs> but we needed one who was like us yeah. and God, right, to come down in our place and right. and, and redeem us. Yeah, and, and that's why I love the Book of Ruth so much because when it talks about that kinsman redeemer, it's ultimately pointing towards yep. Christ. Like mm. Christ is our kinsman redeemer, and this is the reason why I give you a couple of couple of examples. And so like. Uh, the kinsman redeemer had to be a family member. Jesus had to become like us in every way to save us, yep. right? The kinsman redeemer had to have the responsibility of buying the family members out of slavery. Jesus redeemed us from slavery yep. uh, to sin. Uh, third, right, the kinsman redeemer had the duty of buying back the land that had been forfeited. Jesus redeems the earth. Um, so it just shows, awesome. it just it shows like, 
the the redeemer aspect and how like we're following this analogy throughout the whole entire scripture mm-hmm. yeah but i wanted to hark on too do you think that we kind of like over we give satan too much power oh yeah for sure and what ways do we do that as like even christians i think going back to that that dualism we even as christians we can when we look out into the world and look at ourselves and we're still um still affected by sin mm-hmm. and the world is still affected by sin we forget that that promise or the the will that god has made known to us mm-hmm. that he sent a redeemer jesus for us so that we can be redeemed that we can be forgiven and that we can trust that there's a time when he's going to restore um all things he's new heaven new earth right um, at the name of jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Like, we have to, we have to remember mm-hmm. that hope and, and keep reminding our brothers and sisters in Christ of that hope mm-hmm. because what we see now and what we experience now is a, is a life in a world that's corrupted by sin. But that doesn't mean that Satan has an equal spot, 50-50 right. with God. He's, he's, not, he's allowed to do these things by God's sovereignty uh, for a time, but it's mm-hmm. going to come to an end. Man, we give him so much credit, yeah. way too much credit. And I think, honestly, it, it's easier to excuse your own sin yeah. when you can put yourself in a passive posture right. as a bystander right. with an enemy after you all day, tempting you and, and dragging you into into where you don't need to go. Um, it's a ma- I think it's... A, human nature for us not to take responsibility for our own actions like we if if you don't know that have kids you know like (laughs) that's a totally natural thing to not take responsibility for your own actions we have to be sanctified in that yeah and anyway as you grow and mature you know the reality is man the enemy the devil didn't do that to you like right. yes, he is in the equation. I'm not saying there is no devil and there is no there are no demons. Yeah. But like your flesh is the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I have to remind myself of too. It's like yeah, that's that's easy to excuse it and say that you know, Satan's been all over me today. It's like no, your flesh has been all over you today yeah. and you need to crucify it. Right. Yeah. And you need to die to yourself mm-hmm. and you need to be sanctified. Mm-hmm in the renewal of the mind and the scriptures and in the presence of God. So I, you know, I think it's our tendency to become a bystander and uh, relinquish responsibility and place the blame on the the enemy, Satan, the devil, um, which by the way, we don't even call, we're like the enemy, the enemy, the enemy, like, what are you talking about? The enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, it's easier to throw the blame, Yeah, but it's not productive (laughs) because most of the time, yeah. And all the time, really, it comes back to our flesh. At mm-hmm. some point, yep. we are yep. conscious of a decision yep. to take a step. And so, yes, he's in the equation, but we got to take responsibility if we're going to, you know, move that, forward. Absolutely. Right. And I think, too, like sometimes we make Satan kind of like omnipresent. Yeah. You know, like he can be everywhere at one time. Like he could be tempting me. Um, when I'm when I'm here in Gainesville, and then lo and behold, he's also tempting Marcus while he lives wherever you, I don't know, Marcus, I don't even know where you live. But North Hall. <laughs> North Hall. North Hall. <laughs> and so uh, basically it's kind of just like, 
according to the scripture, right? According to Job, it says like he was walking. Right. You yeah. know, he was to he, and fro. He, yeah, to and fro. And then First Peter says like he he roams yeah. around, right. like he roams around like a, a roaring lion. And so, in a sense of just like Satan can't be everywhere at every moment. You know, right. he he's not God. He's not Jesus. He he cannot do that. And so. In, in a sense, like basically what it says in James chapter one is that we were enticed by our, our own evil desires. Come yeah, on. Right? And so it's <laughs> like, again, it's pointing our, our sinfulness inside of ourselves. Like yeah. it's a heart that is wicked. Yeah. Um, and when we, man, Jared, what you said, of just like we take kind of like this passive role of just like, nah, Satan is trying to make me do that. Killing like, me today, man. And so, but that doesn't mean like we can't be influenced by, you know, sure. the demons. You sure. know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean by that. But ultimately, like Satan is not the one behind every, pulling every curtain yep. um, or manipulating every string as, as like we're puppets here. Right. Right. And so. That's good. We're, we are our own, like our moral agent, you know. It's so important. Right. It, yeah, it is important to, to. To really think about that. Um, so what is the right view? So if that is the negative view, what is the right view? And the reason why I say it's the wrong view, and many people probably believed in this because of like, before we get into like the right view, I want to make this uh, known, is that like many people probably believed in this because C.S. Lewis believed in, in this type of uh, theory of the ransom theory, and we can see it in the Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, where Aslan is about to die for Edwin. Is that his name? Is it Edwin or Edward? Edwin. No yeah. Edwin. Okay. Edwin. Yeah. So he's about to die for Edwin. And then, like, um, he's paying the debt of, of Edwin uh, to the White Witch. And so before you know it, like, he dies. But according to the stone that he dies to, he tricks the White Witch. And he actually, because he died on the stone as an innocent bystander, you know what I'm saying? Like, he is now re relived. Mm -hmm. And then, you can, so you see it in that book, then you also see it in a uh, Palandria. If anybody is a C.S. Lewis yeah. fanatic, you know what Palandria <laughs> is. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so, uh, I think the guy's name is Ransom. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's name is Ransom in that story. Straight but, to the point. Right, it is. Um, and basically, in that in that book, he kind of talks about the silent planet, which is the earth, and how it was taken over by Satan uh, or a, a dark spirit or something like that. Anyway, so it has that type of it has that type of mentality of going into the story. So, just wanted to point that out to anybody. So, what is the right view that we should have about the atonement of Jesus Christ? I also want to say, <laughs> before we get to the answer, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a Clive Staples Lewis fanatic right, myself, right. come on, I'm hopeful. Yeah, that he was, that he was uh, making novels in a way that would be uh, more fanciful, as we talked about earlier, more heroic, more. I don't know. I'm hopeful that this didn't impede on his mm -hmm. ultimate theology and doctrine of the atonement however regardless mm -hmm. we gotta we gotta know the truth and right. the word right so that we can eat the fish and spit out the bone when we're reading all these other 
or watching all these other, yeah. you know, and I know, I know you're, you know, not throwing out my guy. No, 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 no. But I'm I, not. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not. just saying. I'm a I, huge fan and I will continue to read it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it is important to be able to recognize, uh, no, that ain't right. Right. You know, and, and even if you're trying to do that to make the story better and sell more books or whatever, um, that ain't right, you know, but we got to know the truth in order to know yeah. what's, what's right, what's wrong. Talk to us about. Oh, I was going to pitch it back to you guys because uh, I preached it. So let's hear what you guys say. <laughs> well, I did want to say, too, to add on to Jared's point. Sorry. We're just, we're just going to keep delaying the answer. And uh, hopefully you guys just, you know, figure it out for yourselves. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. I'm just kidding. But just going back to, like, the, the Puritan age, yeah. um, like, John Milton and, like, John Bunyan uh, – like were very revolutionary in their in their age when they were writing this type of literature, mm-hmm. and because of John Milton, like yeah. people viewed and interpret the scripture yeah. um, as Paradise Lost. Like, mm-hmm. and if you read Paradise Lost, which is an awesome read, I still haven't completely finished it, but basically we get this idea of Satan, the way he is, a, like transformed into like this ugly being, is because of John Milton. And um, so in a sense, it's like when we are reading great authors who put theology into literature, um, in the fictional literature, we have to be very careful of how we interpret it when it comes to like the scripture and yeah. like look at it through a biblical lenses and see if it contradicts anything that is biblical. That's good. I think, I think to that point, just to keep delaying this, <laughs> I think to that point, um, you know, today we see that in movies, like uh, the most recent Noah movie. Yes. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like yes. that, if, if, you're, if you're this, if you're not mindful, um, mm-hmm. you can get swept away really quick in yeah. some of the Hollywood drama that they add For to that. Sure. Um, and, and more so, I think the, the most common thing that, that we need to be aware of or mindful of is, is that in the everyday conversation mm-hmm. um, that we hear this all the time where it may not be in literature, it may not be in a movie, but it may be somebody expressing something that at the root uh, conveys an idea that's not like spot on. Yeah. yeah, and and I think that's, that's good. there's a there's it's healthy for us to as brothers and sisters in Christ to to keep each other accountable or to to investigate what they're talking about a little bit deeper and that just takes time and some effort and some care and some love but yeah. brothers and sisters in Christ I mean mm-hmm. come on it's good you know so yeah let's let's hear that answer now that we <laughs> walked in circles for a minute. Uh, for sure so two words for you guys there it is yep 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 (laughs) two words penal substitution is the right theory that we should have which jared kind of gave you the i mean he kind of gave it a sneak peek Mm, of the answer um but it's really that those two words penal substitution and to place them together is actually really controversial right Mm -hmm. in an age uh like this is because like um, man, I, I think having discussion on Facebook, um, I think somebody was like, for, for those who believe in like penal substitution, you guys are wrong, whatever, 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 because like God has sent his son exactly what he said in John three sixteen. He sent his son 
for love because he loved the world. And it's like, yes, that's correct. He did love the world, but he also like sent his son because he had to like pay the penalty. Like yeah. the, uh, the, the, the judgment mm-hmm. side still had to be taken care of. Um, yeah. So would he not be righteous if he didn't judge sin? No. He, well, I guess he wouldn't be very just. No, he wouldn't. That's what you're saying. Okay. He, I mean, he wouldn't be a just God if he didn't take care of the issue, basically. Yeah. Like, that's well, it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's, I mean, let's break down those two words. So what is peno, penalty? Or, yeah, let's, what's peno mean? <laughs> He's like, y'all answer. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, an offense, right? Like an offense yeah. or, or a a foul or like, you know, this gets back into that, um, legalistic, mm-hmm. uh, terminology. Mm-hmm. And so transgression, I think maybe like, I'm trying to think of some synonyms to, to give out. Um, what do y'all got? I thought you were going to sports for a second. I thought you were going back to your, you know, uh, your, your baseball background. If y'all didn't know, Marcus <laughs> played in the minors. Oh. No, I didn't. Uh, oh, shortstop. Shortstop. Could have. All lies. <laughs> did you play shortstop? Center field. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah. Have you seen this guy run? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Is I mean, he fast? He's yeah. fast, fast. Quick he's a big me. fella, too, to be right? fast. Right, that's what I'm saying. I mean, uh, he's coming after you. We well, played that's my soccer. associate pastor. We played <laughs> soccer not too long ago, and he came out there. Didn't have a lot of ball skills, but you None. got out of the way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So anyway, penalty, you get, you know, you three strikes, you're out. Yeah. yeah. Penalty. Uh, offsides. Five-yard yeah. penalty. Consequence. Right. I mean, you break the law, yeah. like, and you have, there's, there's, a, there's a penalty. There's a consequence for, you, for the action. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so what's substitute? What's substitute mean then? Taking someone's place yeah. or something's place, someone or something. Yeah. I yeah. mean, in that case, we could think of basketball. If right. my dude is fouling on the court or yeah. he's, like, having to yeah. – a bad day, you know, his shots are off, then, hey, I'm about to get somebody in there that's, yeah. right, that's about to shoot out the lights. Yeah. Um, yep. So he's just taking that place. That's and right. so that's basically what we're saying is that, like, man has broke, broken God's law yeah. and that God required something from them. He demands something from them because he, like, man has broken that law, but man is... You know, he's inefficient. Like, yeah. He, yeah. he's too weak. He's too uh, not strong enough, whatever whatever the case may be. Like, he can't do it. Like, and so God himself takes that initiative to pay the penalty. Yeah. And he just, he basically pays a penalty, um, and he meets his own requirement standards yeah. of it. Yeah. He's like, well, if you guys can't do it, then I'm going to just do it for you guys. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's the beauty of penal substitution. Yep. Yeah, and I think, you know, that we can start talking about imputed sin and imputed righteousness, but, you know, when you follow, when you follow everything from the garden, you know, you follow the story that Scripture um, is always pointing to. It's always pointing to the Redeemer who is always was and is and will be Jesus. Um, it points to him and then I think like we say in our uh, key beliefs that everything points to and then flows from right Um, it it had to be since sin was imputed then righteousness it makes sense that it would be imputed as well right 
Man, that's so good. That's good. So good. So how does perpetuation come into this play? Because, I mean, people don't like that word at all, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, so that's exactly what Paul is pointing to when he says through his blood. Yeah. Um, he's pointing to the substitutionary death. He's pointing to perpetuation. He's pointing to what Jesus did on the cross and in his resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. And He just shorthands it. Yeah. That is a short answer. Um, and I would love to put in this with that short answer is that like, man, perpetuation just means a sacrifice that turns aside a person, uh, wrath or anger. And so when Jesus endured the cross, he removed our sins and he propitiated God, which means he appeased, yeah, appeased. That's it. God's wrath. Yep. Yep. So I think that's just like the beauty of it. And we don't like to hear that, that we, uh, that, you know, Jesus appeased God's wrath. Um, because we kind of want to think God, we kind of, you know, when I say we, I mean the world um, in our thinking is that like we want to focus just on the love of God. Yeah. Um, but the cross take it has a balance of both of saying like this is how much, you know, God loves you and this is how much God hates sin. Right. And right. we have to see like the tension in that and we don't have to necessarily like break that tension uh, we should embrace the tension more so, but ultimately, like, we have to see that balance of God, like, loving humanity, but at the same time hating sin, and once we start to, like, see that the beauty of the cross, then we're going to love God and right. hate our sin. Right. Yeah. So, right. Like, he didn't have to, right. but right. he did. Right. So what are you going to do with that? Mm -hmm. Like you just said, I can see how much... God loves me in that moment and yeah. how much he hates sin. Right. Like, I mean, to your point. Sorry, I'm just reemphasizing. No, man, that's good. Come on. <laughs> and it, it's important, too, that because we want to divorce love from God's identity. Yeah. And we want to make it merely a verb. Yeah. Because that's how, that's how it is for us. I mean, that's mm -hmm. how we can understand it in our humanness yeah um but the scripture says that god is love yeah and so it's it's not an attribute it's not a um, right. an action that he takes it's not an attitude it it's his identity right and with that we know that he he is set apart and holy and glorious and anything not mm -hmm. is separate from him sin separates Sin, there's a punishment, a penalty for sin. It cannot be with God. He yeah. cannot. He cannot be near it without burning it away. Mm. And so the this um, this penalty, this wrath, is part of the, wrath and love are not separate. Right. Wrath is a part of love being carried out. Yes. Wrath is a part of justice being served. And and God's because it's in His essence. Mm -hmm. You, you can't say, oh, well, he came in love and, and expect that to not include the just annihilation right. of all that is filthy and dirty mm -hmm. and immoral. Um, ultimately, he has a plan that uh, of, of, of glorification, yeah. of perfection. And for yeah, that to right. happen, there has to be fire yeah. um, because we we have so much that needs to be refined and, and crucified really refined. Isn't even a good yeah. <laughs> for me. It didn't, I need to be, you know, I yeah. need to be crucified. So anyway, it's, it's a, 
um, I, I think that we we can't we can't grow we can't take the easy route and water down love to the mm-hmm. point where we we misdefine and misapply it. Yeah, when it is very specifically in scripture talked about as the essence of yeah. God himself. Yeah. He is love. Absolutely. And and that's and once you see that, I think it's you get that same conclusion what Paul says in Romans chapter 2 is like you I mean, you saw the kindness of God. And and once you see in the kindness of God, that's when it's like, man, I I want to be in the relationship with God because you realize that you are a criminal going back to Shake Shake. It's like you were a criminal, yeah. full circle here, right? Yeah. So you were a criminal on death row, yeah. and you realize that somebody came and like took your place. Yep. Yeah. And now it's like, Lord, all I can do now, I've, I've tasted the goodness, I've I've seen how how just you were, and that I I I deserve that. Like I deserve the punishment, but you you sent your son to take my place. Yeah. And because of that, now I'm going to worship you wholeheartedly with all intentionality. You know, yeah, I'm not going yeah. to be very passive about it, but I'm going to wholeheartedly give you glory. Yeah. Yep. That's good. I think about um, guys like or some of the people that we, we have here. I'm thinking of one specifically who spent a significant mm-hmm. amount of time in prison, mm-hmm. um, was going to do a life sentence, spent mm-hmm. 28 years in prison and walked away free. And now his life, he he lives for the Lord. Like, mm-hmm. yep. and and nobody stood in his place. So you know this isn't a hundred percent. But when I when I see him, and when I think about his life now, because mm-hmm. I didn't know him before, obviously. But when I think about his life now, it, it shows nothing but like humble surrender. Right. Yeah. For for the the second chance in this life that he's gotten, but he he attributes all of that to the Lord's sovereignty and mm-hmm. his his providence. So beautiful. Damn, that's awesome. And that should just be the reflection of our heart. Amen. But hey, thanks guys for tuning back in. Yep, yep. Hey. Man, we I'm glad that was a earful for you guys. <laughs> and yep. um hopefully you learned something from it, gleamed something yeah, from it. Yeah. Um we're excited to talk to you guys next week. Who's preaching next week? Me. Mmm. Jared, that is. You can't see me. Jared Cagle. <laughs> and yeah, so I pointed. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm still learning this. This audio only. <laughs> We're on the radio, right? Oh man! If you could see my hand, I'm pointing to yeah. Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're so excited for you guys to tune in next time. All right, see you guys. Hopefully, you have a God blessed week. <laughs>